Shalom, Holy Scriptures and Israel is a ministry designed to share with the Jewish people the good news of the Lord Jesus Yeshua the Messiah and to instruct Christians on the Jewish roots of their faith. And now, teaching God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective, here is Gideon Levitam. Shalom, my dear brothers and sisters and dear friends. Will you please take your Bibles and please follow me as we are going to continue in this message to look into 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And we are going to continue to read from verse 25 to the end of the chapter. The Apostle Paul continues to respond to the various questions that was asked by the Corinthians in the second half of the letter that he's writing to the Corinthians. And in the seventh chapter, after he spoke concerning the married and gave them instruction in First Corinthians chapter 7 and the first 24 verses, here, beloved brothers and sisters and dear friends, Paul continues to give instruction and respond to the questions that he was asked concerning must a believer, a maiden, a believing virgins get married. And now in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verses 25 to 40, Paul is responding to these questions. And so notice, as we are reading now from verse 25 to the end of the chapter, we do read, Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment, as one that has obtained mercy of the Lord, to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be. Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. But and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none, and they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not. And they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passes away. But I would have you, without carefulness, he that is unmarried cares for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There is difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she who is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without destruction. But if any man think that he behaveth himself uncomely towards his virgin, if she pass the flower of her age, 
a need so require, let him do what he will, he sinneth not, let them marry. Nevertheless, he that standeth steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but hath power over his own will, and has so decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin, doeth well. So then, he that giveth her in marriage, doeth well, but he that giveth her not in marriage, doth better. So, he continues in verse 39, The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. Verse 40, But she is happier if she so abide after my judgment. And I think also that I have the Spirit of God. Beloved brothers and sisters, this is a very interesting portion of the Word of God in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 25 to 40, in which the Apostle Shaul Paul is responding to questions that he was asked by the Corinthians, who had many, many questions. We have mentioned earlier that in chapter 7, the Apostle Paul responding to the question that was asked concerning marriage. Let me remind you that in chapter 7, where we are in verse 1, Paul said, Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me. Apparently, the Corinthians wrote him a letter. They had some questions. And they had many questions, of which some of them was in relationship to marriage. And that's why chapter 7 is dedicated specifically to this marriage situation. In verse 25, where we begin, we also read chapter 7, 25, now concerning virgins. Notice he used the word concerning. Chapter 7, verse 1, now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me. Verse 25, now concerning virgins. Chapter 8, he is dealing with things that are offered to idols. So in chapter 8 and verse 1, he says now, as touching or as concerning things offered unto idols. In chapter 12 and verse 1, you will notice again that the Apostle Shaul Paul is responding to the question, now concerning spiritual gifts, in chapter 12 and verse 1. And finally, in chapter 16 and verse 1, now concerning the collection for the saints. So you will see, beloved brothers and sisters, how systematically and how wisely Shaul Paul is responding to the questions that he was asked by the Corinthians who wrote him and brought him that letter, that question that they had, and one by one the Apostle Shaul Paul is responding to their question. Well, to remind you, of course, that in the first portion of chapter 7, verses 1 to verse 24, he have already responded to the question concerning marriage. And so the apostle responded to this question about marriage in the life of the believers. And just to remind you, he already mentioned that the believers who are married, how they are to behave and how they are to relate to one another. And we covered it in our previous message in chapter 7, verses 1 to 24. But we are moving along, and we are continuing now, beloved brothers and sisters, and we are dealing right now with the portion that the Apostle Paul answered the believers at Corinth concerning the marriage of the virgin. Must believing maidens get married? Should they get married or should they not get married? And so you will notice that in this portion, the apostle is responding 
in these four major points, in verses 25 to 31, as he's responding to this question, he's emphasizing the need to consider the present circumstances that you find yourself in your life. Verses 32 to 35, the apostle is emphasizing that the one who may consider to get married he or she had to face the responsibility that one may have when they get married. To be honestly, as before God, to realize the responsibility that one has when he or she get married. Then in verses 36 to 38, Shaul Paul uh, presents the fact that each circumstance in the life of God's people is really unique and different from one to another. And then finally, in the last two verses, verses 39 to 40, everyone that is intending to get married, whether it is a maidens, a virgins, or a young man, they have to realize that marriage before the Lord is really for life. And so notice that how Paul is responding to the believers at Corinth. First of all, in verse 25 to verse 31, he began by saying in verse 25 and 26, Paul gives actually his personal judgment in light of the present trouble, distress, that the people of God find themselves in their own life. And so he's saying in verse 25, now concerning virgins, I have no commandment of the Lord, yet I give my judgment, as one has that has obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful. I suppose, therefore, that this is good for the present distress or the present situation. I say that it is good for a man so to be. And so you notice, Paul gave his own personal judgment in the light of his life situation. When he's speaking now concerning virgins, in other words, concerning ones who are single, who are not married, he's just speaking of himself, and he says, notice, he says in verse 25, I have no commandment of the Lord, and again, beloved brothers and sisters, to remind you, that when Paul says, I have no commandment of the Lord, it doesn't mean that he have his own opinion without any guidance of the Holy Spirit. In other words, what he's saying is that he did not receive any direct commandment from the Lord to say or to answer to this particular situation. But because he is faithful and because he is guided by the Spirit of God, he is able to give godly counsel. You remember we read in verse 40 at the end, and I think also that I have the Spirit of God. He has the Holy Spirit of God as every believer have, and he's guided by the Spirit of God. God have used Shaul, Paul, to be the one that received revelation from the Lord. In fact, every epistle that he wrote he wrote by divine inspiration, guided by the Holy Spirit of God. And just like in days of old in Israel's history, Peter said, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And Paul says as well, I have the Holy Spirit of God. I'm guided by the Spirit of God. And therefore, I'm giving you my counsel as I am led by the Lord. So verse 25 and verse 26 Paul gives his own personal judgment in light of the present situation when there are distresses and troubles and responsibility and conflicts and so on in the life of Paul and he remains single. Of course, he most likely was married being part of the Sanhedrin, but perhaps he became a widower and he remained single so he can devote himself to the Lord. And now he's responding to the questions that the Corinthians ask concerning virgins, he says, I have no commandment 
of the loan, yet I give my judgment, my understanding, my thoughts as I'm guided by the Spirit of God. As one that has obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful, verse 26, I suppose therefore that it is good for the present distress. I say that it is good for a man so to be, in other words, to be single in light of the responsibility that it is involved in being married because one has responsibility to care for her husband, for her family, and the responsibility that involved in being married and the earthly responsibility that it is for the one that is married. And so, you remember that we have already emphasized that in this seventh chapter, Paul a few times used this expression, I give my judgment. Notice, for example, in verse 6, chapter 7, and verse 6, but I speak this by permission and not of commandment. In other words, I am speaking myself, I'm giving you my observation. In verse 10 of this very chapter 7, Paul said, And unto the married I commend, yet not I, but the Lord let not a wife depart from a husband. Notice, I commend, yet not I, but, notice using the word but, the Lord, he say, I command you, and he says, yet not I, in light of what the Lord have already gave the instruction earlier, that uh, a person who is already married is not to divorce his wife, or vice versa, the wife not to divorce her husband. So he said, I command, in light of what the Lord have already said. In verse 12 of this chapter, we read, but to the rest... Speak I, not the Lord. In other words, the Lord did not deal with these issues when He was here on earth. So I now give this counsel in light of my understanding of the mind of God. In other words, we cannot just say, well, Paul just had his own opinion and therefore I do not want to adhere to it. No, Paul gives us a counsel and advice by divine design in order to help the marriage union to be sustained and to be a blessing for the people of God. But now he is dealing specifically with the single ones, with the virgins, with the maidens. And so in verse 25 and verse 26, Paul gives his personal judgment. In light of the present distress, remain as you are. If you are unmarried, and you have struggles and challenges and conflict that existing here, it's better because the moment you will get married, there are so many more responsibilities, accountabilities, family, children, and you will have to devote yourself to the Lord and to take care of yourself, but you have the responsibility to your husband and children. Not that he say anything against marriage, not at all, but he's speaking to the single, he's speaking to the maidens, he's speaking to the virgins, as we read in verse 25, now concerning virgins, concerning single one, concerning unmarried individuals. And so as he continue, he's emphasizing the necessity to consider the present circumstances in your life, where you are at. What is the situation in your personal life? How things are going on around you? Consider that before you are going to get married, if the Lord laid this upon your heart, recognize your present circumstances before you move ahead and get married. So in verse 27, 28, 29, 30, and 31, Paul is saying, If you are married, remain as you are. But those who are single would be spared of much trouble in the flesh in light of what that which is to come in the life of marriage. And so notice that, verse 27. 
other bound by a wife, seek not to be loose. Remember, this is the Corinthians. The Corinthians were, before they came to know the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, they were living a life, a godless life, worshipping idols. Within the Corinthians city, there was much of uh, immoralities. Uh, some had more than one wife. Uh, and there were some were involving in all sort of things were, which was ungodly. And now they became believers. And they wanted to know, well, now that we are believers in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, what should we do? If I'm married, should I be unmarried so I can serve the Lord more? Should I get divorced? And if I'm single, should, should I get married or should I just remain as I am? And so Paul is answering their question. So he's saying to them in verse 27, Are you bound by unto a wife if you are married already? Well, don't seek to be loose. There's no need to be loose because you have already married. You continue to serve the Lord during this situation in your life. Recognize, consider your present circumstance. He continues in verse 27. Are there loose for a wife? Seek not a wife. In other words, don't stay single. If you see that you want to serve the Lord and you don't have this burden, desire to get married, well, in order for you to realize that there is so many responsibilities in marriage, well, then if you are loose, seek not a wife. In other words, stay single. Again, beloved brothers and sisters, the Lord does not speaking through Paul against marriage? Of course not, because marriage is honorable. It was a God-given union between man and a woman in order to produce a family, a godly seed, and uh, multiply, and to establish a family, and, and live for the Lord, and, and the population of the world developed through marriage, and family, and children. So he's not speaking here against marriage, but he is dealing specifically with the needs that the Corinthians had and the questions that they ask now concerning virgin, concerning single, unmarried people. So Paul being very practical, very, very practical. Some might have the gift from the Lord to be single, to be eunuchs for the kingdom of God. And they devote themselves to serve the Lord in their life while they are still in an unmarried state. And God used them for His glory and for the blessing of God's people. But if they don't have that gift, then of course they can get married. And they should get married and establish a home. So in verse 27, he said, Are thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loose. Are thou loose from a wife? Seek not a wife. In other words, remain single. Notice verse 28. But, and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. Notice that. You didn't sin by getting married. And if a virgin marry, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. I would spare you. In other words, brothers and sisters, it is not a sin to get married. It is of God. Marriage, as we have already mentioned, is honorable. The first Marriage union was established by God in the Garden of Delight in Gan Eden. It was God who put Adam to sleep. It was God who took his rib. It was God who built Isha, a woman, for Adam. It was God who brought Isha, Eve, Chava, to Adam. And it was God who performed the first marriage union. But here, Shaul Paul is dealing with the situation concerning those that have the question concerning singleness. Should we get married or should we not? How? And Paul, very practical, consider your present circumstance and deal in a godly way. Be wise as to your circumstances. So, he said in verse 28, Okay, if, if you be married, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, here it is, not a practical, such shall have trouble 
in the flesh, but I spare not. What does he mean, trouble in the flesh? It's because there is a responsibility in the marriage relationship. Because we are to care for one another, two people, two sinners by nature, get married, they need to work out things with the help of the Lord. You not only, you no longer care for yourself, you care for your husband, you care for your wife, you care for your children, and you have to deal with many practical issues, responsibility to take care of the family, to provide for the family, and therefore this is the trouble of life that is part of the marriage of family responsibility. There's joy, there's blessing, there is a special blessing in, in marriage and family, but there is also trouble, needs that exist here in this world. So he continued in verse 29 of First Corinthians chapter 7, he said, But this I say, brethren, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none. What does he mean by that? He means there is not much time here on earth. Of course, remember that when Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians, it was about 58, 59, 60 A.D., some nearly 2,000 years have passed by, and we still say the time is short, the Lord is returning at any moment. And so Paul anticipated the coming of the Lord, the return of the Lord to rapture the assembly, and then uh, to have the tribulation period coming upon the face of this world, the Israel's restoration and the established kingdom that would come. But Paul, as far as he was concerned, even in his days, the time is short. It remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none, meaning that they continue to serve the Lord, to minister, not to neglect their wife, not to neglect their family. Of course not. They are responsible over their family, but they are still responsible to serve the Lord and be so devoted to the Lord. And that's why this expression, the time is short, it remaineth that both they that have wives be as though they had none. In other words, you have very short time here on earth, serve the Lord as if you were single. Verse 30, And they that weep as though they wept not, and they that rejoice as though they rejoice not, and they that buy as though they possess not. And then verse 31, And they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passes away. This world will pass away, beloved brothers and sisters. And then responsibility, the call of God's people, is to be faithful to the Lord. The time is short. And everyone that belongs to the Lord, whether they are married or unmarried, if you have a wife, be as if, in other words, serve the Lord. They very short time, the Lord is coming, as if you were single, yet faithfully with your wife and your family. And if you are weeping because of trial, well, as if you do not weep, as if you continue on, continue on. And if you are rejoicing, yes, don't be occupied only with your rejoicing, continue to live for the Lord here on earth. If you are buying and selling and you have you purchase things, you have possession, you know, don't be occupied with your possession, but continue on to serve the Lord. And if you are using the material things that the Lord giving you here in this world, don't abuse it, but realize that the fashion of this world is passing away. This is very interesting expression. It says here in the Hebrew, it says, Ki ta'avor tsurat ha'olam hazeh. The fashion of this world will pass us away. In other words, everything here will pass away. You remember what we read in the epistle, in the letter that John wrote in 1 John 2, 15, Love not the world, neither the things which are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Notice that. And the world passes 
away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. This is amazing, beloved brothers and sisters. It is amazing to see that here everything is passing away and therefore use your time here on earth to serve the Lord, to live for the the Lord, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, and therefore consider the present circumstance in your life as if you are uh, looking into the possibility of getting married. If you are single, concerning the virgins, verse 25, the single, the unmarried, Paul gave this instruction in verse 25 to 31, consider the present situation in your life before you are going to become married, because there is responsibility There is responsibility. The time is short and there is responsibility if one become married. Then, beloved brothers and sisters, as Paul continued to deal with the concerning the virgins, the single, the unmarried, and in verse 32, 33, 34, and 35, Paul is really wanting the believers at Corinth to face responsibilities in an honest way. Realize that you have responsibilities. Every one of us that is married realize that we enter into a responsibility to care for our wife, to provide for them. The wife is to care for her husband, to make sure that he, she meets his needs and helps and being a helpmate. And so in, in verse 32 to 35, Paul is saying, remaining unmarried, enables the single individual to serve the Lord without destruction and be totally devoted to the Lord. Notice this is so interesting in this verse of 32 to 35. But I would have you without carefulness. In other words, I would give you the counsel that it be so much better for you if you will have no care and concern with respect to your marriage relationship if you are single. You don't have to be responsible to your spouse, to your husband, or to your wife, to the family. So it will make it easier for you to serve the Lord in the various areas that the Lord has set you to serve Him. He continues in verse 32, He that is unmarried careth for the things that belongs to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. So, a single person is really, he care or she care for the things that belong to the Lord totally. But the moment they are married, they, of course, they would care for the things of the Lord because the married are called as well to do. But there is the challenges, there is the needs to meet, there is the responsibility, and therefore he says, If you remain unmarried, you care for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Notice, while he began with the word virgin or maiden, or as in the Greek is perthanos, in Hebrew betulot, in a feminine, but he is also speaking to the unmarried men, male men as well. And so notice, I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried cares for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But, verse 33, He that is married cares for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. You notice that? There is responsibility to please the wife, to meet her need, to establish a home. It's not an easy thing. It is a privilege that comes along with responsibility. So, a man who become married, he has to spend more time how he may please his wife, and vice versa. A maiden who is married, how she is to please her husband. And so in verse 34 and 35, 
Shaul Paul continuing and he says there is difference also between a wife and a virgin or a maiden. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy or set apart. The word holy here in verse 34 simply means kdosha in Hebrew, set apart, hallowed, devoting herself to the Lord totally. How she remain holy, because that word holy here is hagios in the Greek, uh, kdosha in the Hebrew, and it simply means, lekadesh means to set apart yourself for God. It's not that she stopped to be a sinner. None of us stop to be sinners by nature, but we are setting, devoting ourselves for the Lord. So, the unmarried woman cares for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married cares for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. You notice the distinction that Paul is making here to remind us of both the married and the unmarried are called to be holy, set apart for God. But when a person is married, there is the natural responsibility that is given in the marriage life here upon the face of this earth, which we all must realize this. And therefore, before one uh, go into a marriage relationship, a person must face their responsibilities in an honest way. If I would be married, the single one have to recognize, I will have to devote myself to my husband or to my wife to please them, to meet their need, to serve them, to assist them, and to be there for them. And together, of course, to serve the Lord. But if one is single, he or she can devote totally their life for the Lord. This is the question that the Corinthian asks. Now, sadly, of course, many who are single today, even believers, fail to devote their life for the Lord. And of course, we have been privileged, my wife and I have been privileged to meet a few single individuals that uh, both a brother and a sister that devoted totally their life for the Lord, serving the Lord wherever they are. They made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of God. What an amazing example they have been in uh, our life. And so he continued in verse 35, And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is calmly, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without destruction. In other words, don't be distracted by so many responsibility. I don't speak this for nothing. I'm saying this to you as an advice, as counsel. It is for your own prophet, Corinthian, single maiden, single uh, man, single woman. I'm telling this to you for your own benefit, but you have to realize to consider your present situation where you are and to face the fact and you will have responsibility the moment that you become married. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, what really Paul is saying in verses 32 to 35, he's saying remaining unmarried enable the single person to serve the Lord without being distracted by all sort of things and responsibility of life. And if they will do so, they will be totally devoted to the Lord Yeshua the Messiah and to God's people in service here upon the face of this earth. So you notice how Shaul Paul is moving from one step to another one. First of all, verses 25 to 31, consider your present circumstance. Secondly, from verse 32 to 35, face the responsibility honestly. Don't have all kind of vague ideas. Be honest. And face what is going to come into your life when you are getting married. Because you will have to face responsibility and it will be challenging, yet a blessing from heaven. Now, as we continue on, and Paul continued in verse 36, 37, and 38, 
He is uh, presenting the fact that every single person is in a different situation of life. Some are young, some are old. Some are male, some are female. Some are in, in living in one country, others in another country. Some have home situation that is one way, another one have home situation that is another. So every situation is unique. And therefore, when we are making a decision, when one makes a decision in his or her life to get married, their situation may not be the same as another person's situation. Another single person in another country, or from another culture, and so on, or another uh, status in life. And therefore, each situation is unique. Verse 36, But if any man think that he behaves himself uncomely towards his virgin, in other words, now he's speaking to a parent, with a young maiden, and if he think that he behave himself uncommonly towards his daughter, if she passes the flower of, of her age, in other words, she's getting already older and older and older, and haven't gotten married yet, and needs so require, let him do what he will, he sinners not, let them marry. In other words, if his daughter, you know, a person, a father and a mother have a a son or a daughter in the context of verse 36 that is a virgin daughter. And so what to do? She's getting up in age. She hasn't been married as yet. What shall we do? Should I encourage her to remain single? Or should I, someone ask for her? And should I just allow her, give her in marriage to the one from the Lord that had required her hand? So notice that Paul is so wise, beloved brothers and sisters. He gives the liberty to the Corinthian believers and to all of us, the liberty to make godly choices, recognizing that each situation is, is different, is unique. We are not all in the same situation. So, verse 36, If any man think that he behave himself uncommonly towards his virgin, his uh, Parthenos, his young daughter, says, if she passed the flower of her age, she's getting older and older and older, and time to, to get married if you are going to get married. Well, if you need really so, it, if it come to pass in such a way, let him do what he will, he sinners not let them marry. Nevertheless, verse 37, he that standeth, is steadfast in his heart, having no necessity, but has power over his own will, and has uh, so decreed in his heart that he will keep his virgin, doeth well. In other words, a person might decide that he is strong, or his daughter is able to remain unmarried, to serve the Lord, to live for the Lord well. He is doing well. So is Paul is giving liberty for one to be married or to remain single, but realize that there are responsibility in marriage relationship. He continues in verse 38, and then the choice is not between good and bad, but the choice is between good and better. If it is necessary, the single may marry. But the choice is not between good and bad, but the choice is between good and even better. And so in verse 38 we read, So then he that giveth her in marriage doeth well, but he that giveth her not in marriage doeth better. Now why? Again, again, beloved brothers and sisters, remember this, that the apostle Shaul Paul does not speak here against being and becoming married. Not at all. But he is answering the questions that the Corinthians re requested from him. What to do? In fact, some wanted even to become unmarried in order that they will serve the Lord. Give more of the time to the Lord. And so Shaul Paul had to explain to them, no, if you are married, remain married. You cannot just break your home relationship because you want to serve the Lord. Remain where you are. 
and serve the Lord together with your wife, even though you have responsibility one to another here on earth to establish a home, to have a family, to meet uh, the, the needs of the family, your wife, your husband, and the children. So Paul does not speak against marriage here, but he's speaking for the ones that are single and desire to live for the Lord. And if it's better to be single because it is giving the believer additional time, strength, energy to serve the Lord, providing he or she will serve the Lord being single. And so it is a choice between good and even better. It's not between good and bad. It's not bad to be married, and it's not good to be unmarried. No. As God provides for us in our life, whether we are married, it is good. Whether we are single, it is good if we are in the will of the Lord. That's the point that we learn here from 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So now, finally, beloved brothers and sisters, as Paul concluding the subject of getting married or remaining single, dealing with specifically verse 25, concerning the single ones, concerning the virgins, concerning the unmarried. Could be an unmarried people that were married before and their spouses left them or their spouses died. And they are widows or widowers. So in the last portion of this scripture, in verses 39 and 40, Shaul Paul, in the last two verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39 and 40, he is specifically dealing with those that are widows. In other words, their husband passed away and they remain single. So what to do? And so notice, he is speaking to them and so he wanted all to realize and to remember that when one become married, marriage is for life. Marriage is for life. God hates divorce. And to realize that if you decide, even if you become a widower or widow, and you decide to get remarried, or if you are a maiden, and you decide to get married, realize that if you are getting married, married is for life. Let me just remind you that in Malachi, Malachi chapter 2, and verse 16, the Lord God said to our forefathers, the people of Israel, He said, For the Lord thy God, the God of Israel, saith that He hateth putting away. He hateth putting away. The Hebrew word for putting away is shalach. Kisane shalach. God hates when one sends his wife away. And so, marriage is for life. And sadly, the divorce rate, even among professing believers today, in this present day of the church age, is rising so much, sadly, because we fail to realize that marriage is for life. And so in the last verses, we read verse 39 and verse 40, the wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will. But notice, only in the Lord. But she is happier if she so abide, in other words, abide as widow, after my judgment. And I think also that I have the Spirit of the Lord. And so they that are, that their husband pass away, they are free to marry if their husband passed away, but to marry only in the Lord. Why? Because what happened when you married with one who is not in the Lord, who is not a believer in the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah? Well, what happened is that there is danger of having no time 
the relationship will be hurt because one want to go, want to live for the Lord, the others don't. And that's why we learn throughout the history in Israel's history and also in church history how the Lord do not want the people of God to be married with those who do not believe in Him because there is, it is an unequal yoke. And there is a danger. It's not that God is against someone who is who is not a believer. God wants them to become believers. He wants to bless them. He wants them to come to know the Lord. He wants them to be saved and to be redeemed, to be forgiven. He wants all men. God is not willing that any should perish. But what happens is when you marry not in the Lord, it is a potential problem. Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Be ye not unequal yoke together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Mashiach, Christ, Christus, with Blial? And what part has he that believe with an infidel or unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God had said, I will dwell in them and walked in them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Of course, the Apostle Shaul Paul quoting that which has a reference to the people of Israel, and he's reminding himself and pointing to the Corinthian to what God had required from the people of Israel before the church was formed. In Israel's history, God gave these warnings to the people of Israel long time ago, and he told Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 7, God said to his people, chapter 7, verse 1, When the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it, and has cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites, the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou, and when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them, and shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Why? Why? Not it. Neither shall thou make marriage with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shall thou take unto thy son, for they will turn away thy son from following me, that they may serve other God. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. So here, in chapter Deuteronomy 7, verses 1 to 4, God gave this warning to the people of Israel And the same warning is given here, beloved brothers and sisters, to the believers at Corinth, where we do read in our 7th chapter, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, that God wanted the believers to only marry in the Lord. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband is alive, he liveth. But if her husband be dead, she become a widow. She is at liberty to be married to whom she will. But notice, only in the Lord. This is extremely interesting, beloved brothers and sisters. Only in the Lord. Why? Because when person is in the Lord, it will help the believers to have established a family that is honoring the Lord. And how sad it is, because many have been losing the enjoyment of married life when they married with those who do not believe in Yeshua and Jesus the Messiah. And therefore, what the Messiah, what Christ have with Belial? What part has he that believeth with the one that do not believe? Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 14, 15, and 16. And so what a lesson it is 
How wise the apostle Paul was by giving these instructions to the brothers and sisters at Corinth. And so we conclude the seventh chapter in verse 40. Though Paul's personal judgment is that such a one will be happier to remain single, which is also to avoid problems. In other words, he does say to them that he doesn't demand it, but he's just giving them the guidance from the Spirit of God. And so at the end of this seventh chapter, Shaul Paul concludes, but she is happier, this is the widow or the single person, if she so abide, remain widow, and serve the Lord. But he said, he said, after my judgment, he said, this is only my judgment, but she may get married in the Lord if this is the desire of her heart. And then he concludes in verse 40, and I think also that I have the Spirit of God. In other words, when he said, I think also, he said, I have this counsel, the guidance from the Spirit of God. And therefore, whatever I wrote to you, Corinthians, I'm writing to you as a godly counsel, and the rest is for you to take the responsibility and act upon it. So, beloved brothers and sisters, in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 25 to 40, the apostle Shaul gave instruction. He provided instruction concerning those who are single, those who are unmarried, those maidens, those virgins. And he gave these principles to go by before one is going to decide to get married. Number 1, verse 25 to 31, consider your present circumstance in life before you take the step in becoming married. Then verse 32 to 35, every person must face the fact that there is responsibilities in getting married. Honestly, evaluate before you are going to get married. Be responsible, recognize, face the responsibility honestly. Thirdly, in verse 36, 37, 38, Every situation differs in the life of God's people. Every person lives in a different place, different family, different culture, different status in life, different desires, different circumstances in life. And therefore, every situation is unique. And finally, in verses 39 to 40, remember that if you decide to become married, whether you are a maiden, a young girl, or whether you are a widow or widower, you make sure that you realize that marriage is for life. And so, beloved brothers and sisters, how wonderful advice that we receive from the Word of the Lord, and how ought to be Thankful, are we ought to be thankful to God for providing for us these instructions in the Word of God. May the Lord bless His Word and may the Lord encourage everyone to continue to follow after Him. Well, we concluded 1 Corinthians chapter 7. In the will of the Lord, we'll continue in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. God bless you. Until the next time, we say Shalom, Shalom. You have been listening to the Holy Scriptures and Israel with Gideon Levitam. Gideon teaches God's Word from a Hebrew Messianic perspective. For more information about this ministry, write to Holy Scriptures and Israel, Box 1411, Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, L0S1J0, or visit our website at holyscripturesandisrael.com. You are also invited to Gideon's weekly Bible teaching, on Fridays at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m., and Saturdays at 1 p.m. at Willowdale Christian Assembly Hall, 
28 Martin Ross Avenue in Toronto. Holy Scriptures and Israel is made possible by your prayers and financial support. If you would like to support the program, visit holyscripturesandisrael.com. God bless you. Shalom, shalom.